We've got hey, I'm Luis. And I'm Luis. And you're listening to the Content is Profit before. podcast. And we spent the last four years learning the strategies and techniques from some of the top marketers in the world on how to create content that turns into profit. If you'd like to learn how to turn that content into profit, just go to contentsprofit.com. The step number one is right there for you for the taking for free. Oh, yeah. Go and check it out right now. Yes. And today, I'm so excited. We have an incredible uh, should I say an epic guest making an appearance? Epic, hashtag epic, and hashtag juicy. We're gonna juicy. be talking all about the secrets from the number one event MC Ooh. in the world. I know. Let me mm-hmm. tell you, mm-hmm. the first time I saw that person on stage, I was mesmerized. I was inspired. You were mesmerized. I, we actually took action. That was the event that we actually took action to move the business forward. That is forward. true. That is true. Uh, I, that's all I'm going to say. But before that, before that, Fonsi, before yeah. that. Your voice a little. Do we have a sponsor today? Indeed, we do. You're Thank you for asking, You're welcome. sir. You're welcome. And today's sponsor is your own, The Biz Bros. Yes, we sponsor our own podcast with Content Momentum. And you might be asking yourself, hmm. what is Content Momentum? Yeah, well, tell me more. if you produce a long-form piece of content, just like this podcast that you're listening to or watching i just did listening to i uh, was pulling out my eyes Good right job. now Good if job. you have a long for piece of content and you need a plug and play team to maximize your efforts right to help you mm. create more content out of that beautiful piece of content that you're creating we want to help you out slide in the dms yeah. at beast bros co on facebook on is, instagram is, th- is that turning content into profit mm, yes practically let's go <laughs> all right guys if you enjoy this show go ahead and follow in your favorite platform because every tuesday thursday and saturday episodes are dropping with incredible value from our community from our guests that yep. is gonna make you take action which is what changes everything so go ahead and follow us on social media as well at biz that is right and if today's guest help you move one step closer to your goal please don't forget to share it because you might be doing the exact same for somebody else and if you find value as well please just leave us leave a review whether a feedback leave some feedback we want to hear from you we want to make this show better every single time Thank you. What a good day. Today's guest is someone that we first saw on stage. He was not a speaker, though. He was the one responsible to make the speakers shine when they will come on stage. He is the world's best live event MC. Talk about pressure. (laughs) Not to mention that his intros were the ones that inspired the content is profit intros. But he's not just an epic MC. He's also a successful internet entrepreneur that is in the top 3% of affiliate marketers. This man can do it all. Indeed, my friend. Have you ever seen his dance moves? And he also speaks Spanish. Are we sure he's not the third beast, bro? Either way, regardless of his epicness, he will help you uncover the layers of potential hiding within you so you can live life on your own terms. Mm. That is right. Please welcome the world's number one event MC and the new member of the Content is Profit Familia, Devon Brown. Man, you guys, I, I love you guys. I should have I should have come hang out with you guys sooner. You guys are great. Oh, man, thank, thank you, you so much. Just so you know, I mean, we already mentioned it, but you have been such <laughs> an inspiration for the way, you know, we start the show, the energy, wanting to, you know, make the, the guest shine in a way. And, you know, it goes back to the first time we actually met you at Offermind for Steve Larson event. Dude, the... Right. The energy that you brought into stage, the way you positioned, right? The people that was coming on to stage and the fun that you were having while doing all that was just mind-blowing. So thank you so much. Uh, no, well, thank you guys um, for, for if I have inspired you just a little bit to, 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 to go and do your thing, which you guys are doing and you're doing it in your own way and inspiring others, then it was absolutely worth it. And I appreciate it. The only one complaint that I have is that you didn't even give me a chance to dance because I saw you guys dancing yeah. while we were doing the intro. And I was like, oh, I'm going to get out and dance with them. And then you turn off the music. So other than that, though. <laughs> Maybe we can dance a little bit of a dance. Da- yeah. Oh, Ooh, look at that. 
All right, there we go. All right, we, we're gonna have to. Uh, yeah, oh, oh, we, we need a special dancing segment over here <laughs> at some point for some dancing lessons. Because I mean, I only know this one and merengue and salsa. That's all I know. That's all you need to know. I know some merengue and salsa as well. So we'll save that for next time. Yes, yes. absolutely. So, so for the listeners, go check out the video because we just like you know did some awesome dance moves and Devon did you know some better ones. But you know, we we met you, Devon. Uh, obviously, offer offer mind, right? Mm-hmm. Offer mind at Boise. What was it? Two couple years ago. That was the event that changed everything, and every single piece of that event had. Uh, something to do with the way that we made that decision. You were part of that. So it, it changed our life. It changed our business. It helped us focus. It, it helped us find that one coach that, that we needed to learn from. Uh, and then we saw you again at Fun Hacking Live, our first Fun Hacking Live. And that was mind-blowing to both of us. And how you were able to... Uh, help the energy of the room rise and and manage that energy was incredible. I've never seen something like it. And we've been in like this big corporate uh, conferences before. And it's like, it was just so inspiring to see not just the fact on how you were able to do that, how you were able to position the person that was coming to, to, to the stage. And, uh, and you all your story, you were able to actually share your story too on how you were able to do this. So for those who have not experienced an event with you, Uh, would you like to share a little bit of who who's Devon? Like, how do you actually started to do this where you now collaborate with people like Steve Larson, Russell Branson, Tony Robbins, like incredible, incredible entrepreneurs. What, where was like, what was that bridge, you know, between you yeah, before so, you started doing uh, this? We back up a little bit. My, my background is actually as a hip hop dancer. I used to actually go out to nightclubs every night and even in college, Uh, my hip hop crew and I would get paid to dance and entertain the crowd. Mm. Um, so that's something that's just been in me. Like if you, if there's a stage and I'm like, oh, I want to go be on that stage. And that was inside of me for the longest time. Mm. Uh, the other thing that I love is I love teaching. I used to be a Taekwondo instructor. Mm. And so uh, one day, gosh, Uh, back in 2005, so this is a long time ago, I'm listening to some personal development uh, CD. Mm-hmm. And the guy on the CD says, he says, I'll make you a deal. I'll give you $10 million a year. He's like, I'll deposit $10 million into your bank account January 1st of every year. He says, the catch is you have to spend 60 hours a week doing something that you love so much that comes so naturally to you that is just so in your joint jo- uh, in your zone of genius uh, that it makes you come alive he says without thinking about it quick tell me what you would do and the answer that i blurted out <laughs> without thinking about it was mc hammer meets tony robbins <laughs> driving in my car i'm like mc hammer meets tony robbins and then as as often is the case When um, when our heart tells us something we want to do and it seems big and it seems unrealistic, our brain chimes in and says, that's big, that's unrealistic. Mm-hmm. And so my heart was like, MC Hammer meets Tony Robbins. And my brain was like, that's not a real thing. <laughs> and so I kind of put it on the back burner. Mm-hmm. And um, several year, a few years later, I was, uh, I was with my boss somewhere. I was working for an internet marketing company and uh, Mark Victor Hanson, the co-author of Chicken Soup for the Soul, mm. like one of the most famous book series ever. Yeah. Uh, Mark Victor Hanson, yeah, he, he was doing something on stage in front of like 700 people and my boss was supposed to go on stage and we couldn't find my boss and so they threw me on stage. <laughs> and when they threw me on stage, I did well and my boss found out about it, made me the MC of all of our internal events. That's where I met Russell Brunson in 2007 And the very first Funnel Hacking Live um, uh, in 2015, I think it was, uh, 14 or 15, uh, I think it was mm. 15, Russell calls me up because he and I had been friends for so long. He was like, Devon, <laughs> will you MC this event? I got 600 people coming to Vegas. I forgot to hire an MC. And that was the start of where I am today. Oh, so, so fun. Wow. That is amazing. Yeah. Has it always, I mean, you, you, it seems like you've been an entertaining an entertainer for most of your life, right? Um, but was it always like that or was it a moment that that changed for you, right? I mean, you say you were part of a hip hop crew and you would go to, you know, nightclubs and dance. But was it always like that or did it take something from you to, you know, face the maybe the fear of being in front of a of an audience? 
Yeah. So um, luckily, I'm 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 I guess in the minority of people that I don't think I've ever really been scared to be in front of an audience. Uh, mm. What happened was, so I used to be a horrible dancer when I was young <laughs> in the '80s. I'm 42 right now. Um, in the '80s, break dancing was real big, and I was horrible at it. <laughs> um, my dad used to make fun of me. He's like, "Wow, you are horrible at dancing." Uh, in sixth grade, when like MC Hammer started becoming really popular, uh, for whatever reason, I watched the MC Hammer videos and I could do those moves. And so I remember being at the roller skating rink um, yeah. back in like the early '90s, and um, I couldn't skate for crap. I was mm. I was horrible on, on, on the skate rink. <laughs> But they would play like you can't touch this would come on and I would take off my skates and I'd go in the corner and I'd do the moves. Yeah. And I just remember getting a circle of people watching me. And so relatively early on in my life, when sixth grade, however old I was, yeah. I had a positive um, experience with being on stage and being the center of attention. And luckily it just kind of stuck with me. Yeah, the, 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 for the rest of my life. So I, I love it. I, I remember uh, last year, before even the show was here, we uh, we ended up at Podfest. Um, you know, mm -hmm. we we came out there to take some pictures to technically do some market research with a product that we were launching at the time or executing as a service, and uh, we ended up falling in love with our community. But one of those nights, we ended up in this meetup at the bar, and then everybody's like, "Hey, let's go and and do karaoke, right?" And mm -hmm. just so you know. We suck at karaoke. We have this triumphal mo Well, I suck at karaoke. Fancy. Yeah, he just looked at me like, you you suck at karaoke. I'm it's, good. It's all about the attitude right there. So here's, <laughs> here's the thing, right? Like, we have this epic karaoke story that we did on a cruise ship once doing the Macarena, right? And that's, like, the one mm -hmm. epic story that we always have. But then this trumped that one because when we come down there, like, again, like... I just didn't want to go up there. That's fine. And Fonzie's like, you know what? I'm going to do it, right? <laughs> and he gets up there. It was just, a just to paint the picture here. When I get in front of larger audiences, <laughs> dude, I get the sweaty pits. I get, <laughs> I get nervous. Yeah. I start sweating. So this was this was a challenge. So, you know, he stood up there with, with the person that he was going to sing with, uh, which, by the way, we met that night. And as <laughs> soon as, you know, he goes, I'm like, I'm just going to do something before before this thing. Like, I just got to do it. And before the song even started, he just went in the middle of the stage and started breakdancing, air quotations. He just <laughs> fell into the floor and started doing the spins and, you know, went sideways, right? And then he stood up and he crushed the freaking performance, right? And the lesson there is like, you know, what what he explained to us is like, hey, I'm just going to do something so embarrassing at first that whatever comes after, I'm good with it mentally, right? And and I was personally, I don't know if I've mentioned this, but I was so inspired by that that you did. Appreciate good job. You. <laughs> uh, but, you know, for, for those that are there and, you know, the exact same thing happened when, when we launched the show right mm -hmm. and a lot of people that we work with today when they're starting to put their their thoughts into words and put it out there into the world that's mm -hmm. a similar feeling that we live right and yes. and with the show and with the interest and by doing it live that's our way to going over that fear so i want to encourage everybody you know just like you did with i'm just gonna go dance right in the in this dance floor right that that matter you know maybe the first time it was like should i do it should i not do it right but then as as soon as you started repeating that or experiencing that it just became a little bit easier so i encourage everybody listening and if you are in that moment where like producing content or a show or something find that one thing that you need to get over it and then be like put something so embarrassing in front of it that you just execute once and you're good with it right it's like it's yeah. that little hump that moves you forward mm -hmm. uh so i think it's very similar to what jesse isler talked about doing something that gets you in the mindset for act, for taking action, right? For being on stage, whether that is to perform, I guess, being in the mindset to perform. And I'm extremely curious because, I mean, you've been in stage with some real big-time players, right? I'm curious, have you seen, or even yourself, right? Do you have something that you do before that helps you get in the mindset of emceeing or in the case of the other speakers have you seen them do something that helps them get in the mindset of going on stage and just crushing it yeah so uh, a few things with regard to everything that you guys said number one um love the story about you going on stage <laughs> um and just having the courage to get out there uh so often with regard to going on stage the biggest challenge that we have is not what we're doing on stage, no matter how silly it is. It's the story that we tell ourselves about mm -hmm. what other people might think. Yes. So when we go on stage, the story, the internal dialogue is often, oh, 
other people are going to think X. And often that's bullshit. Pardon my French. I don't know if I'm allowed to You're good. We're good. We're good. Am I good? Yes. Okay. (laughs) And often that's a BS. The thing about going on stage that, and I just want to give you guys, not you guys, but everybody watching and listening this tip. The thing about going on stage that I found one of the best secrets is authenticity. And if authentic for you is going and and break dancing using air quotes and then crushing the Macarena, then, then go be authentic. Because when you are authentic, people love it. Not because you did some amazing job necessarily. Sometimes you can be authentic and suck. But when you are authentic, you are giving people permission themselves to be authentic. So, Luis, you said that you were inspired. And that's because Fonsi was authentically him and he had the courage to say you know what i'm just gonna do this yeah and so whenever you're creating content if you're listening to my voice right now if you're an audience if you're in the audience um if if you whether you're creating content or you're doing something live or you're doing something what people want more than anything else is authenticity don't worry about being perfect don't worry about thinking you have to look a certain way and i'm telling you this is somebody who has been on stage more times between nightclubs and (laughs) teaching taekwondo and being on stage next to people like tony robbins and brendan bruchard and russell brunson and 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 rachel hollis and got and les brown and brian tracy and all these other people i am telling you they don't want you to be some version of somebody else they just want you to be you so do you and own you and you will be more than fine. You'll have more success than you know what to do with. Wow, that's amazing. I'm just going to put this out there. Devon, when we, whenever our time gets here to speak a funnel hacking live, and I'm putting it out there in the world already, I'm going to do my, my breakdown break move break right move. before the presentation. I'm just going to go out there yes. and do the move. <laughs> Let's go. Oh, quick, 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 quick story. Just quick side note. I don't know what's going to happen. I'm, no, it's good. For a while. Do it. Um, the first time I remember I had been emceeing for, uh, you know, just for free for the company that I was working for back around 2005, 2006, 2007. And um, what happened was um, I was about to go on stage and I'd only been emceeing for a little bit of time, right? I wasn't a professional MC like I am now. I didn't have, you know, hundreds of times on stage like I do now. Um, but what happened was we were doing this event and it was the third day of the event. It was the final speaker and the speaker wasn't there. Mm-hmm. And my boss comes up to me uh, backstage. He's like, Devon. I need you to go on stage and kill 15 minutes. And I'm like, what, what do you mean kill 15? He's like, the, the last speaker isn't here. I need you to go on stage and waste time for 15 minutes. And I'm like, what do you want me to do? And he's like, I don't know, just figure it out. And he gives me the microphone and I go on stage. And the only thing I could think of to do was dance hip hop with the crowd because <laughs> it's the only thing I knew. And I was like, oh my gosh, these people are here to learn internet marketing. This is clearly an audience that didn't grow up listening to hip hop like I did. What are you doing, Devon? Thankfully, I didn't have time to think about it. And I ended up teaching them this little hip hop routine. (laughs) And I get off stage and they loved it. And I was like, you really liked it? They were like, Devon, that's the most fun at a conference we've ever had. Um... And that came because, thankfully, I didn't have time to think about it and talk myself out of, out of it. The only thing I had was time to be authentic and just do what came up yeah. inside of me to do, if yeah. that makes sense. Yeah. And so, yeah, that's anyway. So real quick, the whole dancing on stage thing and dancing <laughs> in seminars, that's that's how it came about on accident. Wow. Yeah, I, I love it. I, yeah, you, you have some really good moves in there. I remember, <laughs> you know, one was like turning to the people on your ride and then put your hands on their shoulders and then giving them a massage. I was like, heck yeah. Like it would suck to be the person on the far end on the left. Cause you don't get a massage. It's okay. They turn around. But uh, I, I love all these things that you do. You know, you can cr- call it crowd management if you want to, you know, mm-hmm. um, before I, you go into, into that question, because well, I'm, I'm actually going to go into another question. No, no, yeah, hold sure. on, hold on. Before that, before that, before that. Okay. So one of the things that I really like stuck with me was when you defined MC and I think it was a Steve mm-hmm. Larson's event. Uh, sometimes we have this idea about these positions or like, let's say a piece of content or a platform. Right. But the way that you defined it was so meaningful that because of that, it was like, huh, it changed my perspective on somebody that should be running a platform or a show. And obviously we, we, we deal with, and we work with a lot of people that have that. Right. So I would love for you to share what the definition of MC is and how, you know, how you discover that. Right. Thank you for that. So um, the, the letters MC stand for Master of Ceremonies. 
And um, when a person thinks of an MC, normally what you think of is the person who just introduces other speakers, right? So I've got my cue card or something, and I'm like, next on the stage is Bob. Bob owns a $3 million company and has accomplished XYZ. Welcome to the stage, Bob. Um, that's what most people think of when they think of an MC. Mm-hmm. But I don't define myself as an MC, even though that's technically what I am. I define myself instead as what I call an ME. MC stands for Master of Ceremonies. ME stands for Master of Energy. My job is to mm. influence the energy in the room because the the better and the higher the energy in the room, the more engaged people are. And the more engaged yeah. people are, the more fun they're having. And the more fun they're having, the more they're learning. And the more you're learning, the more you're able to take what you're learning and go implement it and change lives. And so um, what I discovered um, after, and a lot of these discoveries come after, you know, being on stage a dozen or two dozen times or three dozen times, right? It doesn't, you don't really discover stuff until the the 30th time you do something. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, But what I discovered and a lot of the feedback that I was getting in a lot of the energy management and the crowd management stuff that I was doing was, wow, Devon, you really kept us awake and you really got us excited about speakers. And then I realized that my job was not introducing a speaker, but rather um, my job is to be the through line for the entire event and to also influence the energy in a room such that everybody in the room is having a better time learning more and having more fun and subtly um, in doing and being me and being willing to be authentic on stage, whatever that looks like for me, that in turn subtly gives you permission to do the same thing in your life and in your business as well. Wow. I, was, I love this. I love the, the master of energy. Uh, fun fact, the first time that I tried to discover what the word MC was, I was like, I wonder what MC stands for And uh, we were just being saying, I was like, is it microphone? Uh, but it's not, it's not, it's not microphone, right? Um, <laughs> but I love that the whole master of energy and there's so, so many good lessons there that might have flown under the radar, right? Like, first of all, you have the power as not, not just you as the MC, right? But you, the listener, you have the power with your right. content as well to manage mm-hmm. the viewer's energy. And... Mm-hmm. Sometimes that is the difference between them staying with you for an hour long webinar, right? Or them just hopping off in five minutes, that energy that you're putting in, how am I actually, you know, engaging them in whatever it is that we are doing that I'm explaining. The other thing I love how it, and this is maybe how I'm thinking about it, but I think this is how it went through your head too. Your work, you're doing work for these people that are on stage, right? And they're, they're trying to educate mm-hmm. thousands, right? And then as well, some from stage are trying to sell their products as well. So in your mind, you're like, okay, how can I help them? My solution right. is not just bring them on stage. My solution to them is prime that person in the audience, right? That is ready right. to make that investment. Just make mm-hmm. that decision even easier, For them. Right. And I think that makes your job just different from the regular MC. And very valuable. Yeah, and extremely valuable now right. because you are putting yourself in the shoes of your customer, right? And I'm doing air quotes here, but the people that are actually on stage giving these speeches, you put yourself in their shoes and you're like, huh, what would I like the mindset of the audience to be when exactly. I come out into stage? And I think that is so key right you're just pre-framing the whole audience even way before the person comes into stage and then it's way more enjoyable i mean let me tell you we've been there we've been uh i'm not gonna say we we've been blessed by that experience and it's absolutely amazing and then the other thing is you mentioned that you learned this in like your 30th event something like that Mm -hmm. right and it takes time at the end of the day it does take time to learn these things yet people are afraid of putting in the work or they just want the result on the first try and that's very difficult to to find it right like no matter what it is right like we we've through this journey of content is profit we've developed a few frameworks right and guess what Mm -hmm. they came on episode 70 80 (laughs) right like 150 like it didn't came on the very first episode but we had to go through Right, a few years back, we actually tried to start a podcast, 
and we wanted it to be perfect from the very <laughs> beginning and we failed we failed right because our expectations of course they weren't met because we weren't the 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 people that could actually perform at that level at that moment if that makes sense um that being yeah. said i want to backpedal a little bit because when we're talking about authenticity right and you talk about going on the stage and doing your dance right and people loved it you said you didn't have time to think you were like i just jumped in there and i did this right then Correct. you gave the radio example the the disc that you were listening uh, in your car and you were like mc hammer meets tony robbins you didn't have time to think as well right, right. so it seems like coming across authentic at first might have to you know do with disconnecting your rational mind from what your heart wants or what your impulses are telling you at the moment yet of course it's very difficult right like it, it, it i'm not gonna lie like it's very easy to say you gotta be authentic out there but at the end of the day there's a lot of people that are you know there it, it's challenging right how other people what what other people think of me right that mm -hmm. there's there there is a lot of friction in there especially in the social media world where you feel like you're being judged by everybody so how can people right when maybe they're not in a situation where they have to act immediately that they there's no you know that they they don't have time to use irrational minds mm -hmm. how can they disconnect from that thinking how can they actually show up authentically without you know uh putting some negative thoughts in their head and then say no oh this is what they're thinking about me how can they do that that's a great question um and you, you totally hit the nail on the head with that question the, the short answer is to practice like <laughs> how many times in life has something happened where you felt inspired to do something oh i should do this mm. and then you sit on it even if it's something small right oh i should you know I'm at the gym. You know what? I feel inspired to do an extra set of something, something today, or, you know, an extra workout today. And it's something small like that. And then what we do is we sit on that and we don't understand the power of now. We don't understand the power of taking action when we're inspired to take action. And so what happens is that, that, that inspiration comes up, we don't act on it, and then we end up not taking action on it. And so the way you train yourself to act in an authentic way and to listen to that little voice inside of you is that when that little voice inside of you pops up and says, go ahead and do this now, you do it now. <laughs> even if it's something, even when you guys messaged me on Facebook and said, hey, Devon, will you do this? As I'm reading it, the little voice in my head or my in my heart might say, Devon, go ahead and respond to this now. And if I don't and I sit on it, then what's happening is that I could be missing out on something awesome. Because if I sit on it, then my brain's going to have a chance to wake up and start analyzing it and telling me all this stuff. And your brain's job is in part to protect you, right? Your brain is, is and it's not a bad thing. It's not a yeah. bad quote unquote thing, but it's its job is to be logical and to analyze and to protect you and to ask you if this is going to potentially cause you harm or cause you pain. And a lot of times what your heart or what your gut or what your soul wants to do, it can see around the corner that your brain can't see around. And so the short answer to the question, the answer to your question is that when something comes up inside of you to do, just practice doing it no matter how small it is. Yeah. Mm. Um, I love it. Uh, I can't remember the exact quote, but it was like action causes. I, and I, I think I'm Reaction. butchering. No, action <laughs> causes the motivation to continue to do the thing, right? Like it causes the, the, the momentum, right? Mm. And, and you know, I put in here, how to never miss something awesome, right? And it's like the framework is literally that. As soon as you get that idea, act on it, right? And there's going to be an output, right? So that output, then we can decide, okay, was that good or not? And I remember this very specific uh, experience that we had when we brought Steve into, into the show. He was our first like official guest where we we're like, okay, You know, we need to bring somebody. Like, we're running out of topics. The first of 20 episodes, it was just Oz. There's no frameworks, no nothing, right? And we're like, okay, what do we do now? Let's actually bring Steve, right? And very intimidating uh, for us at first because, obviously, well, he was our coach. We look up to him. Still, he became a friend, uh, you know, throughout this period. But when it was that experience, it was terrifying. And we're like, okay, how can we do something different, right, that is not in in, in the space of what where he has been doing? And the, here's where the inspiration from how you brought people onto stage came to be because uh, we remember the song that he played 
he's walking out song, right? And we shazammed it on the on the event, and we had that. And we're like, huh, what about we bring him on stage, we create somewhat of a similar experience, and we actually put that song in there, right? So the thought, the brain was saying, don't do it, it's different. Like, he's, he's going to judge you guys. Like, he's what happens if he leaves, right? And then that question for us was like, well, you know, we've been doing solo episodes, we just do another solo episode, <laughs> right? Like, it, it is what it is. And we're like, okay, sounds good. We acted, and I think we prepared that intro in 10 minutes, right? Which then became the framework on how we do the intros later on. But we did it, and he adored it he was like what is this right and we, we had colors and you yeah. know the the capitals pig and this thing but we <laughs> acted now just like you mentioned today so and then after that a lot of things and i think that's one of the pieces of the puzzle in the show that differentiates us from other hosts right and then we've started to take that to the next level so for you listening right find that thing as soon as i think a good exercise is recognizing those moments i think today we're so numb to what's happening that sometimes we don't recognize those moments is yeah. there an exercise or is there a, is something that you do to recognize those moments right because it can be where we're so into the day-to-day -day operations in the business into the day-to-day -day of the relationship for example that we miss those now moments normally i i recognize those moments because usually attached to those moments often like you just described with steve um often attached to those moments is a little bit of fear. Yes. Often attached to those moments is a little bit of fear or mm -hmm. at, 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 or I should maybe say a little bit of uncomfortableness, yeah. right? And so when I sense or when I feel that little bit of uncomfortableness, um, what I've trained my brain to do is ask myself this question. What's the worst case scenario? What is the worst thing that will happen if this thing goes bad? If my brain wakes up and starts analyzing this, mm. right? One of the things I say to my brain is, what's the worst? I tell my brain to ask is, what's the worst thing that can ha will happen if this goes bad? In your case is, oh, we have a bad podcast episode, and then we go on and do it solo. Great. Is anybody going to die? No. Then F it. Go do the damn thing, right? Yeah. Do that little thing that popped up inside you because worst case scenario for you not doing it, Yeah. Right or worst case scenario for you doing it, excuse me, I should say, is <laughs> not a big deal. Like if I had yeah. done the hip hop thing and nobody liked it, what's the worst thing that would have happened? My boss would have said, "Devon, don't do hip hop anymore on stage." And I've been like, "Okay." <laughs> Instead, what happened is it yeah. ended up being part of my brand, and it's one of those mm -hmm. things that ended up getting me on stage next to people like Tony Robbins. Yeah, right. Yeah. So if we, if we look at it from that perspective, uh, having the the benefit of hindsight, right? Hindsight being twenty twenty. Yeah. And we understand that worst case scenario, my boss tells me not to do it anymore. Best case scenario, which I couldn't even see at the time if we're being completely honest, I end up on stage next to Tony Robbins. Yeah. 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 I, I think a, a good way to put it too is think about it as an investment, right? I mean, there's, yeah. there's an upside and there's a risk, right? So what is the mm -hmm. risk of me doing X, Y, and C, right? So again, right. we're going to go with the hip hop event. The risk is that nobody likes it. Maybe you get a little bit of sweaty pits right there on stage, right? And then your boss right. is like, please don't do any more of the dancing. And maybe your dad calls you to like, Devon, I told you not to dance hip hop. What's up? Exactly. Right. <laughs> but but at the, at the other side, it's like, okay, what is the upside of this that right. I'm doing? And you can tell like, wow, if people like it, You know, that's going to be an amazing experience. I'm going to have mm -hmm. them happy. I'm going to have them enjoy the event even more. And of course, you probably couldn't have guys what came after. But it's a benefit from that one time that you started doing it. Like you mentioned, it started kickstarted yeah. your brand. So yeah. I want to encourage you, the listener right now, to think about, in that, think about it in that way. When you start perceiving that fear of something, ask yourself, what is the worst case scenario, Right. And think about it as an investment. What is the risk and what is the reward, right? If Correct. the reward highly exceeds the risk, even if not highly, like slightly exceeds the risk, I'll yeah. be like, sure, let's go ahead and do it. And let's be honest, right. most of these risks that we're putting in our head are just like false thoughts. We're like, oh, Correct. but they're gonna they're gonna think X, Y, and C. And we're just creating totally fake scenarios that exactly we don't even know is they're gonna happen because they are not telling us exactly how they feel right mm -hmm. so why are we coming to these fake conclusions and you know assuming 
these these assumptions, right, about other people. We're just messing with our own head. Yeah. Let me let me stop you right there because you bring up such a good point, and this happens all the time when I'm seeing, and this is such a critical point for all of you content creators out there who are listening right now. Um, with regard to the stories that we tell ourselves about what other people are thinking, mm-hmm. nine times out of ten, those stories are BS. Let me give you an mm-hmm. actual example of this. Um, I was I was dancing one night. I was at a nightclub and I'm dancing and I was in the zone and I was feeling it. And there was this guy who was standing on the side of the circle that I had, that had formed around me. And he's looking at me and he's got this scowl on his face. He looks angry. <laughs> and I'm in Vegas. I don't know this dude. Yeah. I'm like, this dude looks like he wants to fight me. And I don't know who this, just some random dude. And his look on me was so serious that I'm like, crap, I need to watch my back. I'm about to get into a fight here. <laughs> and the dude comes up to me. After I finish dancing and my fist starts to clench, my fist is down by my side, but it starts to clench just in case I'm safe. And he's like, he comes up to me. He's like, hey, bro, I don't know you, but when you were watch, when you were dancing, I was seeing something different and it struck me. And I was so honored to be in your presence. And I just wanted to thank you. And I'm thinking this dude wants to fight me. And he was just <laughs> in this and. And I was like, really? I completely misjudged what somebody else was thinking. And then a couple of years later, I'm at a seminar, this like real small group seminar. And uh, the person teaching the seminar, she's teaching something. Um, and I'm really engaged with what she's saying. And I'm looking and I'm, I've got this serious look on my face. And she's like, Devon, are you angry? And I'm like, excuse me, angry? What are you talking about? She was like, you look really mad at me right now. I'm like, no, no, no. What you're saying is great. I'm just really engaged. Yeah. And what I noticed was that often the way that 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 people look when they're and I've noticed this on stage a million times the way people look when they're engaged is not the way that we think they might look when they're engaged right <laughs> yep. you sometimes think somebody being quiet means they don't like you or don't like your content that's not true mm-hmm. they could just be processing it and being with it in a way that works for them. And so what we have to be careful of, I can't tell you the number of times I've been on stage speaking, somebody looked mm-hmm. angry in the audience. They said, Devon, I was just really engaged with you. Yeah. And so if you, whenever you put yourself out there in every, in any way, shape or form, excuse me, what you got to make sure that you don't do is don't tell yeah. yourself stories about what you think other people are thinking. Cause you don't know. So mm-hmm. if you're going to, you're, you're going to make up shit about what other people are thinking, make it positive. So now when I'm on stage and I'm making content and I, or I'm doing something and I've got an audience, when I see somebody who's not giving me the look I think I want, the story I tell myself is, man, they are so engaged with my content that they are just <laughs> looking seriously and they're being real that they love me. Yeah. And yeah. And that's how uh, I roll with it. I love the, it. The, you mentioned something so powerful right now. It's like you make those thoughts positive and mm-hmm. I don't remember quite exactly who I got this from, but you know, there's so many people that just go on their day to day pretty upset about everything, right? It takes the same amount of energy to be upset as something to look at it in a different way, right? To change your perspective. That that was me telling you that. That was you? Okay, maybe. Yeah, who knows? We never know. (laughs) You can't even quote his brother. That's okay. (laughs) But it it literally takes the same amount of energy to be mad or happy, right? right? And I think, I don't know why the default on most people is the negativity they go into why is this happening to me x y and c when we can train ourselves to look at it in a positive way right um i think we personally got lucky with our mom because she would tell us every single time everything happens for a reason and it's always for the best reason so i think we're always out there looking for the good thing even when something bad happens we're like okay like Something good's coming, right? Like <laughs> that, that, something right. good's coming. That has caused many arguments with our uh, partners. Oh yeah, <laughs> they're like, "But you never get angry." I'm like, "Well, some days, but you know, it happens for a reason, and you know, we'll be okay." And she's like, "Yeah, but be bad." Yeah, uh, you know, but that's the thing, right? Like, so yeah, it is what it is. Now, Devon, over the last few months, yeah. we've noticed that you've been very vocal, very loud, also with your content. You're sharing more than than what I'm assuming you used to share before. Um, 
I'm curious, right? Because you've been on stages, you've been with the best. What made that transition, right? For us, publishing changed everything, right? The, the, the fact that, that we have this show is because of that. We've listened to the advice of people. Hey, you got to publish. You got to put your thoughts out there. You got you to gotta be loud. You got to be present every single day for many years before we actually took action. So mm. I'm curious, like what inspired you to start publishing, to start creating? I've seen your Facebook lives. They're incredible. Uh, you bring the same or more energy in them as mm. well and, uh, and and what you put out there. So what what created that shift? Um finally listening to the little voice inside of me um how many of you who are listening to me right now have had this 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 something inside of you that has been telling you for years to sing a particular song right yeah um how many of you who are listening to me right now have had this thing that you know you've wanted to do for years but for whatever reason uh you felt that you were not worthy or that it wasn't time or that you weren't good enough yet or maybe you felt that um you know Uh, uh, they say that the, the, the greatest obstacle, the biggest obstacle to a great life is a good life, right? Well, things aren't that bad. Maybe I just stay here in my mm -hmm. comfort zone. I'll be honest with you. There has been with you. There has been something inside of me for years that has wanted to come out. And um, it, it's so funny sometimes being on stage um, next to a lot of these, these big motivational speakers and then knowing that I have just as much charisma as they do, just as much stage presence, if not more, as they do, just as much ability to tell a story as they do. And um, if, any, if anybody out there has ever seen somebody else doing what you want to do and feeling um, like angry or jealous to that other person, that's just a signal that you're just a little angry with yourself because you ain't doing the thing that's inside of you to do mm. that you want to do. And so acknowledging that and knowing that I just decided um, a little while ago that, you know what? It's my turn. I love being an MC. And it's something that uh, when I was listening to that, 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 that audio that uh, what would you do for 60 hours a week? That's a, what popped out was MC Hammer meets Tony Robbins was this, this, this yeah. way of, 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 you know, being able to get on stage, inspire, dance, and use my ability to connect with an audience and do something. And that turned into being an MC. And I love it. And I'm going to continue to MC, um, uh, you know, for, for as long as I feel like doing it. But there's also something else inside me that says, you know what, as good as I am at what I do, I also have a lot that I want to personally say. So you know what, I'm not mm. going to just sit here back in the cut and be comfortable. And I do quite well as an MC. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. I, you know, for all intents and purposes, I, I think in 2019, I was the number one event MC in the world. Incredible. Wow. Um, so I do well, but if there's something inside of me that needs to come out, I'm old enough now that I understand that if it's saying it needs to come out, that it needs to come out. Yes. Yeah. And I'm blessed that I know how to start putting that content out there. And so I've just started putting content out there uh, in preparation for, uh, in, in preparation for stopping playing small because as, as quote unquote big quote unquote as I am right now, I still internally feel like I'm playing small, like I'm playing at a fraction of my capabilities um, and, and I'm tired of it. So I just no. decided to take action and do something about it. <laughs> that, wow. That's, that's amazing. Um, you know, the, the, the ability, the fact that you realize that you were just playing in your comfort zone and you were there for mm -hmm. quite some time and, you weren't taking maybe on certain challenges that would, you know, make you feel alive, right? In, right. in, in many different ways. I think it's great that you recognize that and you're like, okay, what are the steps, right? What are the steps to make that, make that happen? Yeah. And I find it incredible too, that, right. You were listening to this and the first thing that came out was MC Hammer meet Tony <laughs> Robbins. And I think you're going to get there, man. Like I have 100% confidence that obviously we've heard you on stage, not as a He's speaker, but there, as an bro. MC. What are you talking about? But did, like, already uh, there. Uh, already, maybe. <laughs> uh, yeah. Is it? Are you already like? Oh, no, I'm already there. You see, here's, here's the funny there thing that go. happened. Like, several years ago, yeah. I was watching, and from, from a Funnel Hacking Live, as a matter of fact, I was watching a video of myself. This was, I don't know, 2017, something like that. And I had done, and you guys might have seen me do this at either one of the events that you saw me at, but I did this routine where I taught the crowd a dance move. Mm -hmm. And then I called people on stage to do the dance move that they had never done before. And yeah. the whole point and purpose of me teaching a, a hip hop routine and then bringing up people on stage um, and making them do the hip hop routine in front of 
in front of the audience is to help them break out of their comfort zone. Yeah. Mm. And um, it's it's a it's a it's it's a routine that I had done a million times on on stage. Um, and around 2017-ish, I was watching a video of myself. I got the footage back from the Funnel Hacking Live, and I was watching myself um, uh, do this on stage, and it clicked to me like, holy crap, I just did MC Hammer, the dance thing, and transitioned that into Tony Robbins, <laughs> the motivational thing. Holy crap, this thing that I that was that was in, in my head yeah. Yeah. Um, however many years ago. I've, I've, I've done, I accomplished it, and I didn't even know it. Um, it's it's oh, cool. now the thing that's inside of me um, is more, we'll say Tony Robbins meets MC Hammer. <laughs> yes, more, right? So. If we, if we, if we want to flip that a little yep. bit, the thing yeah. that's inside of me more now is, and I love the dancing and it's always going to be a part of me and I always want it to be a part of me. And it's what separates me from everybody else out there and, not, and makes me not just, you know, another person doing whatever. It's part of my authenticity. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but whatever I have to say and teach with regard to personal growth, um, like you said in my intro, I've been an internet marketer for now for God knows how long. I'm in the top 3% of affiliate marketers. It, it's If I'm being completely honest and transparent, it's a little bit hard for me sometimes to be at events like uh, FHL and uh, be events like Steve Larson where you guys saw me because yeah. my role there, I have to take my ego and set it to the side and be an MC and big other people up. Yeah. And the frustrating thing for me internally, um, I don't think I've ever said this publicly before, is that... Um, as good as I am as what I do and as much as I love what I do um, and as much as I'm not going to stop what I do and I'm grateful for it, um, there's still a part of me who is a little angry at other speakers because I know that I've been doing what they're speaking about longer than they have. Mm. I have been in this internet marketing game since the year 2000. Um, mm -hmm. Most people don't know with regard to ClickBank, I'm uh, a platinum ClickBank person for two years. Wow. I'm a ClickFunnels Two Comma Club Award winner. I've been teaching MLM and affiliate marketing for God knows how long. I've got programs and systems, but I. But when you see me on stage, I never talk about any of that stuff. Yeah, of course. Right. Yeah. And when I post on social media, I only post about me being an MC. And so that's what I've put out to the world, by, and I own that. But internally, it's a little frustrating at times. Of course. At times, to see somebody who started. 10 years after me be on stage as a speaker and be looked at as an expert when I've been doing it, you know, 10 years longer than them and quietly in the background, I've been getting better results. That's yeah. my ego struggles with that a little bit. I, yeah. I want to say thank you for your vulnerability and, and honesty and sharing that story. Mm -hmm. And I appreciate you sharing that because with that, you're probably going to be inspiring so many people, like starting with us, right? That's, that's something that, that happens probably like we actually had a, a call with somebody that's coming to the show in a few weeks. This guy has been in the, in the industry too, for about 10 years. He's worked also with Tony Robbins and the, these incredible people. And just now he also decided to publish. Right. And he has, he, right. he owns agencies. And I asked him like, why now? And it's a very similar reason. Me like, I, I know that I can offer so much to the world too. Like, and uh, I'm done being the behind the scenes. And that, there's, there's a lot of bravery with making that decision. And like, so thank you so much for, for, you know, making us a, a part of that. And, you know, we command you and we're going to be there. Your number one supporters as, as always your two Venezuelan brothers in, in, in that journey. And, uh, you know, who, who are you going to choose to bring you on stage when you do that? Is that something that you want to do? Is that something? So <laughs> <laughs> uh, two things real quick. Uh, me telling that story, by the way, to circle back to something we said before. Before I decided to tell you that story, that little thing came up inside that was like, tell the story. And my brain was like, Devon, don't tell this story. Mm. So that was an opportunity for that me to live what we just talked about now, a little while ago with regard to... So just just wanted to, to point that out there. This stuff comes up all the time. Golden Boulder um, moment, by the way. Uh, yeah, that's yeah. huge. But we have moments of value in the show once in a while that, you know, yeah, they, Golden Boulder. They're time. just they're, they're like <laughs> Golden Nuggets, just way bigger. Way bigger. So that's why they call it Golden Boulder. Golden Boulder. <laughs> I'm going to give you guys credit for that. I love it. I'm going to use that. Um, but as far as she's going to introduce me, I don't know. I'm going to be like a real snob with regard to that. I'll probably just be backstage talking like this and introducing myself in a different voice or something. There's a, a full reel. We had a. Yeah. You're, you're going to be like introducing someone. People's like, who's this person that's coming next? And you're like, please welcome uh, Devon Brown. And then you just turn around, you just go. Take the helmet out. And exactly. it's like, come back. 
That um, is the plan. It's funny. We, we, we had a chance to have a conversation with Steve Sims. I don't know if you're familiar with him, but incredible guy that has worked with Elon Musk and like every massive entrepreneur out there. Right. And he's like, they asked him like, what do you do when, what are your songs when you come onto the stage? What is your, what is your framework? And he's like, I don't do any MC probably because of the reasons that you stand against and you're like, this is why I'm uh, like, I'm this person. Right. But he's like, I put this video reel up that is very, is crafted to manage the energy in the room, right? And depending on the audience, I have these different songs. And one of those songs was Britney Spears, which I thought it was hilarious. If you see this guy, he was a, a brick. He, he used to lay bricks in, in, in England a long time ago. Like, incredible guy. So, like, with your scenario, I'm thinking one of those DJs like Marshmallow that have those helmets that nobody knows what it is. So your MC is this, you know secret guy that nobody knows what it is but it's like you and then you're not like welcome and then you have like this video you run out and then then you come back <laughs> without the helmet and you're like wow he brings exactly. his mc everywhere and it's like uh you yeah, know they're, they're gonna have to put, <laughs> put on a show for you man they're gonna oh, have to man. put on a show i cannot I wait to to be part of that uh that audience that's gonna yes. witness that yes we're, we're gonna be there with signs that says <laughs> vamos devon you know in spanish exactly. of course let's yeah. go uh, I, I am curious though, right? Because you mentioned ego, and I think that is such a a big, big aspect of entrepreneurs' life. Honestly, mm -hmm. I mean, everybody, everybody has their ego. But when we're, you know, doing these things, and you like you say, I have to put it aside sometimes, right? And sometimes part of the journey of being an entrepreneur is accepting that you might be wrong in certain things, and sometimes we're just driven by ego, and we get in in trouble. So how do people, you know? get to sometimes hold that for a moment and be maybe to say a little bit more objective where they are that they can you know do positive things um there was a, an interesting seminar that i took two of the best um seminars that i've ever been to and i don't even want to call them seminars let's call them workshops one was called uh, radical forgiveness and it was this is a small 12 to 15 person workshop on on forgiveness uh sadly the, the the guy who created it his name is colin tipping um he has passed away but if you ever get mm -hmm. the chance i'm going to give radical forgiveness a plug because it's a great book get the book radical forgiveness or you download it on audible or something it, it's something that really helped me and i took a little workshop um mm -hmm. uh before colin passed the other uh, uh workshop that i took another 12 to 15 person workshop small group Uh, that changed my life was something called uh, uh, radical leadership. So apparently I have something for things. <laughs> radical. Word, radical. Um, um, it was this, 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 this workshop called radical leadership. Uh, it was put on by a, a woman named Therese Sparby. If you look her up, uh, tell her Devon sent you. Um, and one of the things that was taught inside of radical leadership is that, and this is nothing new for a lot of you guys. It's just a, maybe a different spin and it's a spin on it that worked for me was that basically that there are two of us. Mm. There are two parts of us that are both real. And one part is the ego part of us. And that's the part of us. I don't even mean it necessarily a bad thing, just kind of an is thing, but that's the part of us that judges that gets angry, right? That, that, that is attitude. That's a part of me that feels some type of way when I see somebody else on stage And, and the part of me that wants to be like, well, when that speaker who I just introduced was speaking, what he said was X, but here's a Y, here's a better way to do it. That part of me that, that wants to do that, right? Yeah. which I would never do in a million years. But that's the ego part yeah. of us. And the other part of us is the essence part. And when you strip away the fear, when you strip away the anxiety, when you strip away um, the anger and all that, and you get to our core of who we are at our best, that's what uh, radical leadership calls the essence part of us and the mm. trick to living a good life is to be able to operate from a place of essence and not a place of ego and so what that particular seminar taught me was that to a identify that ego part of me when it pops up because so often this stuff we, we recognize this stuff just as feelings we say the saying goes if you ever heard the saying you're feeling some type of way mm -hmm. about something if you're familiar with that phrase feeling yeah. some type of way is often a good signal that's your ego popping up <laughs> and whatever we experience a feeling right if i find myself feeling some type of way about something the first thing that i do is i acknowledge that feeling i'm like okay hey i'm feeling some type of way about this the second thing i do is i don't judge it I don't make myself bad for feeling some type of way about something. I just acknowledge it's what it is. It's a signal. Okay, 
here's the signal. What is the deeper, what, if, I, if I dig a little bit deeper, right, and I get past the ego, what is this really telling me, right? And then if I can get to that answer of what it's really telling me, then my actions can be taken in such a way that's going to, in all likelihood, a likelihood help the situation as opposed to hurting the situation. And I can, yeah. I can, I can act or I can, I can, I can respond yeah. in a much uh, more constructive way that helps grow. And so I, th- uh, so, so, so to answer that question, um, when that ego pops up, I just recognize it as a feeling. I don't judge it. I dig deeper. I don't judge myself for feeling a certain type of way. I realize what it what what it is that I really want and what the message is deeper down inside. Yeah. And then I say, okay, what's the most constructive way to handle that? Wow. Love it. I love uh, the the level of consciousness, right? The level yeah. of you know, thinking and yeah. reflecting. The, the level of mm-hmm. reflection. And I'm gonna go ahead and say that that probably take took a lot of practice as well. Yeah. To get there. So Yeah, yeah we, we have two last questions, right? I know that we're like coming up on the hour. Is I, Do we have some wiggle room? We're good? No, no, we're good. We're uh, good. I'm just going to throw this out there. Devon, we're going to have to bring you back for a part two so we can talk all about the, the internet marketing. I know. You just, know, oh, yeah, spectrum of topics. Absolutely. Yes. All right. Okay, so for today, what would be like an action point that entrepreneurs that are, are in this transition point where they might have a job, but they're transitioning into their own thing, right? They're, they're chasing their, their passion. They're, they're transitioning to starting to publish things that we talked about today. What is one thing that they can grab today, take action and start it with that momentum going? Cool. That's, that's a great question. So the first thing I'm going to say is you have to start from a place of being completely honest with yourself and with regard to what you want to do. What I've seen so often uh, with regard to entrepreneurs is that entrepreneurs, sometimes inside we have this thing that we really want to do and then we talk ourselves out of it or we talk ourselves to doing some other version of it that is less than, or we say, well, you know what? This thing that my heart is really pulling me to do, I'll, I'll, I'll do it later. I'll do it later when I'm ready and I'll go do this other thing in the meantime. So the first thing I'm going to tell you is F that. Don't do the other thing in the meantime. Be honest with yourself with regard to what you want to do inside. Start from that place of, yes, damn it, this is what I want to do. Even if I don't feel ready for it, even if I don't know how I'm going to get there, even if I feel a little bit of imposter syndrome, the truth of the matter is that if you were not supposed to do it, it would not have been put inside of you. So you need to do that first. So don't BS yourself and tell yourself you're going to get to it later. By the way, I'm not throwing stones. I'm saying this because it's what I did. Yeah. It's what I did for years. Mm. So I'm speaking from experience. That is the first thing. Step one, be honest with regard to what you really want to do. Step two, find someone who has already done it or is doing pretty close to it and get as close to them as possible. Mm-hmm. The great thing about entrepreneurship and the real world is that if you go back to when you were in school, if you look at somebody else's test, if you look at somebody else's answers, that's called cheating. Mm -hmm. But in our world, if you go get the answers from somebody else, that's called smart. That will save your happy (laughs) butt tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of dollars and shave years off of your learning curve. That's number one. Number two. Number three, understand that it's going to take longer than you expect and it's going to look different and unfold differently Mm. than you think it will. That is just part of the game. You must be unattached to the way that things unfold because often when things unfold the way they unfold and they're not how you envisioned them unfolding, Mm. you think it's not working when in actuality it's working better than you planned. You just gotta be a little bit patient. Mm -hmm. As the old saying goes, we overestimate what we can do in three months. We underestimate what we can accomplish in three years. So understand that it's going to take more time Then you think. And then number four, understand that consistency is key. You have to become married, wed to taking the action. So the whole point of this show, the whole point of this information we're sharing with you is for you as content creators to get you putting out your content on a daily. But I'm putting out my content and I only got three views. I don't give a crap. Put out some more tomorrow. But I put it out again and it's only got three views. I don't give a crap. 
put out some more tomorrow, but I only got, shut the hell up and go <laughs> put out some more damn content. And get married to being consistent because you know what you don't realize is that that 800th time you swing the bat, you're going to hit like a 30 run grand slam. And it's going to make up for all of the past failures, but you won't get to that point if you're not consistent with it. Yeah. I hope that makes sense and answers the question. That makes so that much makes sense. That makes so much sense. That was incredible. Horns going, yeah, good morning. We're going to have to pull uh, <laughs> a whole guide just from, from this answer that you just gave. And, and to recap here for those listening, step number one, honesty with yourself and what you really want to do. Step number two, find someone that has done it and get close to them. Right? Don't just put the, your 10,000 hours, leverage somebody else's 10,000 hours. Number three, detach from the events that could happen, right? And I actually read a, a post that you put on your, on your blog, which was detach from the outcome, right? And mm -hmm. just like detach go live on that action right there and celebrate that one action. And step number four, consistency is key. So, Thank you so much. That was just a masterclass on its own right there. Yeah. One last question of the show. Yeah. Where will course. you be? Where will you be if you do not publish? Um, if I did not put myself out there, I would not be the, the world's number one event MC. I would be, I would be, um, yeah, not where I want to be. That's for sure. <laughs> you see, you're asking where would I be if I did not publish? Correct. Mm -hmm. Yes. I, I, Yeah, honestly, I would, I would, I would, and I'm thinking about this from not a physical perspective, yeah. but from more of an internal perspective, yep. I would be in a place, and this is probably not the answer you're looking for, but this is a real, this is the, probably the most honest answer I can give you. If I didn't publish, I would be in a place where I internally was angry with myself for not singing my song where I felt some type of way about myself mm -hmm. for not singing the song that was inside me and I would be judging myself as negative and I would feel regret internally and I think that that would manifest in obviously a much smaller business a much smaller footprint uh, less impact in the world you know my my mentor said to me that if you have something inside of you that can help other people then it is your job it is your it is your duty to put that out there to the world because if you do not you are thereby ripping people off mm. and so i would if i was not publishing if i was not putting my myself out there my content out there i would feel like i was living life at a fraction of what i was put here to live and that would be hard to live with myself that, that, that was way better than what we were expecting just so you know we i we, mean i i honestly i was detached from the outcome thank you right i'm like we just asked this question to see exactly. what you know put yeah. some perspective on on those that they feel that they have something inside that they want to share mm -hmm. yet they haven't done it yet hopefully right. it's a it's a nice little push uh, for them to get started as well we, we've shared this Absolutely. before what what publishing has done for us is way more than just the material things and being mm -hmm. able to build a business and a team and stuff like that but it's been the fact that we're comfortable now with our thoughts right that we're comfortable mm -hmm. now sharing with the world that fire right that you mentioned that we're comfortable being ourselves you know at uh, two years ago we started the bruise and bros but we, <laughs> we would have been alcoholics by now uh, <laughs> and uh and yeah we you know it was it was not us it was us pretending to be somebody else and you know this has allowed us to 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 do this right to have this little toys over here the books and show Love show it. the world us right and uh, and i love i love that's the reason i love your answer uh mm -hmm. and it, it's that's probably the major change that we've seen everybody that we've asked that question right yeah. it's not just right. the material things is what happens inside of you mm. to be able to level yeah. up to to that point so yeah. that's that's my favorite it. part of publishing honestly yeah is the change that you yeah. see inside because once you put your thoughts into words you're like you're making a commitment to the world and then you're like huh do i really believe this thing that I'm saying, right? And it just starts a full-on process with yourself. And then right. you start, you know, looking inwards, reflecting, and then putting out yeah. again into the world. It's a it's a beautiful process. Yeah. 
Devon, where? It really, and I'll tell you one of the, the biggest things, the biggest gifts I get from publishing, and you don't know this because I'm sure you guys have received this and it happens behind the scenes, is when somebody who you don't even know comes up to you randomly yeah. and says, when you said this one thing, it touched me or it changed my life or it impacted me in such a way. And that's the person who didn't comment, who was sitting in the audience and you thought they were looking mad and who was being quiet. Yes. The story you're telling yourself is I should have said that and that's the thing that impacted them the most. And when they come up to you and say that, yeah. then that's like, wow, I'm so glad that I, that I, and, I, and that gives me more permission to share more of me. Yeah. Absolutely. The, the silent watchers guys, like they are there. Like yeah. that, that specific example that you said, that was our first six figure client that we had out of a Facebook live, mm -hmm. never commented, never engaged, never nothing. And then one night at 1130 at night, we established a conversation and then that turned into an incredible project that we worked for almost a year and kickstarted everything for us. So if that's no more proof, <laughs> right, that, you know, just the fact that what you said, the emotional part, you, you, we never really know who we're impacting with the value that we might be providing. Right. But also at the same time, it can become that. So don't stop. Right. right. Don't continue. Consistency is key. You mentioned it. Oh, so good. Masterclass of episode. And we have part two coming soon to just an internet marketing okay. side of things. But Devon, in the yeah. meantime, where can people find you? Where can people connect with you? What's the best place that we can send them? Yeah. Go to DevonBrown.com. That's a D E V O N brownlikethecolor.com, D-E-V-O-N-B-R-O-W-N.com. If you go to devonbrown.com, you'll see the links to my blog and to all my social media and all of that other fun stuff. Um, and I've got some big stuff coming up here uh, in the second part of the, or a little, you know, in the next couple of months, we've got some big stuff we're about to launch. Uh, so yeah, check me out at devonbrown.com. Let's go. Yeah, we're going to leave all the links right below. All you got to mm -hmm. do is scroll with that thumb and then just click it also with that thumb. Don't grab their thumb like Fonsi said the other day. Uh, you, all you got to do is just scroll. Um, Devon, anything else you want to add before we head out? I, you know, I just want to thank you guys. I, I want to thank you for um, just a quick I don't, behind the scenes. You reached out to me on Facebook a little while ago, and I was admittedly a little hard to get in touch with because I was doing a thing, million things and I was traveling. And you guys were so kind and consistent. Luis, you especially were just kind and consistent. And if I said, hey, follow up with me in a week, you followed up with me in a week. And if I said, hey, I'm out of the country, follow up with me in a month, you kindly followed up with me in a month. And then you finally got me on here. And now, and this is the, this is the point of consistency. Now you've got a friend who, when I see you at the next Funnel Hacking Live, I call you out on stage and now <laughs> I can't wait to come back because my experience with you guys has been so amazing. And so I want to thank you for, 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 for being willing to reach out to me seven, eight, nine daggone times <laughs> to get me and to do it in a kind way and understanding that I'll say yes when it's time for me to say yes. Um, and when, and, and being unattached to the outcome of whether I said yes or no, yeah. um, cause it was, it's, it's brilliant. And you've absolutely got me back whenever, whenever you want to need me back. So thank you for that. Come on. Thank, thank you. you. Wow. Means so much. And, uh, we'll yep. definitely be throwing some breakdance moves with you <laughs> and, uh, hiking live in September. That's our backyard. We live very close yeah. to it. So we can't wait to, to see. We're going to have to practice. We're going to have to practice. I, I know. <laughs> Pressure is on. All right, guys, with that said, thank you so much for tuning into the Contents Profit podcast. Go ahead and follow the show in your favorite platform and on social media at BizBrosCo. That is right. And if Devon blew your mind today and he helped you get one step closer to your goal, please don't forget to share this episode and, and leave a five-star review. See ya. Bye, guys.